You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 96, Feng Shui and Creativity. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So hi, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about a fun subject today. We're talking about creativity and feng shui. Yes. We thought we would talk about creativity and feng shui in a pretty broad way. Sometimes there's a desire to pigeonhole it and to put it in one area, but we're going to look at it more broadly and talk a little bit about how in each of the areas of the feng shui bagua, as well as other parts, there's other ways, let's put it this way, to use, maximize, enhance creativity in your life. Let's put it that way. And yeah. so, we're, yeah. And so we're going to talk about two things that we created as well. We'll talk about my book that I did in your book, and we're going to mm-hmm. read from that. And then we'll share some stuff in that and then talk a little bit about what creativity means from a feng shui standpoint. Yeah. So, and just to be a little bit more clear, sometimes you'll see a Bagua area that's labeled creativity, but the way that we teach and the way that we were taught by our teachers, we don't actually call that area creativity. We call it children. Children, the Chinese name is Dwei. Children, Dwei, or completion. And it's any kind of offspring rather then for me, creativity is many different things. It's not just what you, not the project. It's not just the completion of things, but it's also the energy of Jeanne, which is new beginnings in spring. So the Dwey position is related to the autumn and fall and things dying and ending. So we believe and we are taught and what we teach our students is that creativity is in the entire Bagua and we don't pigeonhole it to one Gua. But I think everyone has a different definition of creativity, right? That's true. It's like one of those words like beauty. Yeah. I mean, creating something, output, that sort of the things that you create, you output could be like children. Sometimes that's some, somebody's greatest creation, right? Their greatest creation is their children, but it could be something else like artwork that is your, like your baby, your creative babies. (laughs) So it is all about something that, you have worked on and kind of gone through the motions and then this is what you have to show for it. It's the output, the result, the completed result that you have to show for it. Yeah. And it's also like, you know how a lot of people talk about seasons. Well, so seasons relate to the different Bagua areas and different, all the five elements, but also we just, even English and English, we talk about it like the autumn of our lives. Mm -hmm. And then like a spring chicken, right? (laughs) 
Spring, yeah. And in the Bagua, we like to look at springtime, like you said, which is jeune, which is springtime wood, as really the start of something. So it could be the start of a project, the start of many things, Mm -hmm. because it goes back to the I Ching and there's thunder and there's shock. And it's really about action being started and begun. And so for me, I see a lot of creativity. Obviously, that's a lot. If you're working on on becoming more creative or trying to kickstart that creativity, that area speaks to me for sure. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to jumping right to Dway, which is opposite, which is really more like you've been working on this for a while and it's done. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we wanted to talk about two creative projects that we've put out in the world. And Laura and I love creating new things. And I thought, Laura... Like, Laura, would you share for us one of your creative projects from your book? And, and actually, can sure. you tell us a little bit about your book? Tell us a title and mm-hmm. how it's related to creative projects and, and your inspiration. Sure. So I, I'm an artist, so I paint a lot. And I spend a lot of time painting. I've been painting for a very long time. So when I'm not doing teaching feng shui and doing feng shui design, I am painting. And you can see, for those of you that are watching this on YouTube. Oh yeah, that's a see, new offering. You could see us talking on YouTube. You can, you can watch us talk to each other on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of artwork behind me because that for me is a huge inspiration, right? Creativity and art is just, it's a big, it's a big thing in my life. And so I was thinking about writing a book and I'd always, when I talk to clients, I have a certain way that I work with them, obviously. And I found that I had kind of a process that I went through with my clients and not everyone can book me or can have access to me. So I wanted to create something that wasn't obviously as deep and there's you know no transcendental cures and it's not obviously catered and customed in one-on-one, but I thought I could make an offering or create an offering, a book that I felt people could walk away from and go through the process, very similar process that I would work with my clients for, you know, it's accessible. So, so making something accessible for them. And at the heart of it, it really is about being creative because I think, so Angie, you know, we talk a lot when we're teaching about the feng shui that we practice specifically BTB, obviously that's what we practice that there is the the physical, the seen, and then the unseen, the immaterial, that is where the power, a lot of the power lies. And I always think of that creativity that someone has, which can be intention. It can be the beauty that they put into a project when they put in themselves and when they put their creative spin on it. I think that's like a very close equivalent to being that sort of secret, almost a transcendental quality, that immaterial quality. So I want to encourage people and clients and people that read this book to use their own artistry and their own creativity in order to take something, a particular project, a particular adjustment, but make it creative in a way and and find the creativity and find the beauty in it. And I think that's the kind of secret thing that would really, that really kicks the cure and the adjustment up a notch. Okay. So you want me to share one? Yes, please. If you will. But not yeah, the so whole thing. The of, leave okay, leave yeah, a little yeah. bit to surprise. Yeah. So the book, first of all, the book is called Creating Change, 27 Feng Shui Design Projects to Boost the show? Energy of Your Home. Show yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's right. The YouTubers. So that's the cover. And there's 27 projects in it. It doesn't lie. There are actually 27 projects in it. And I talk a little bit about how you can set up and it goes through a different, you know, I like to start with resetting and clearing and then you move into activating. So I'm going to take one that is from how to balance. There's a balance area, like one of the 
chapters is balancing. And it's all about the five elements. So the good thing about this one is I think for those of you that have been listening to our podcast for a while or been following our blog, you're probably a little bit familiar with the five elements and the concept of that. So this one is style your bookcase. It's project number 14, style your bookcase with feng shui and the five elements. So this project is an easy way to start playing with your feng shui and design by integrating feng shui principles into your interior design. The bookcase styling project is focused, small scale, and perfect for learning the basics of the five elements. Once you get the hang of using the five elements, you can recreate and expand this idea across an entire room. Before starting, I highly recommend you review the beginning of the section, blah, 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 just into the uh, five elements. So the principles at work here, the feng shui principles at work here are, it's all about the five elements. And the bookcase, so you're going to pick one bookcase in your home, office, wherever, and this will become one big five element adjustment and it will instantly balance and create harmony. So we're, we're not going to get into, you know, oh, I have too much water or I have too much metal or I have too much wood. That's why this adjustment is good because when you bring all five elements in intentionally and with, you know, with creative purpose, that is going to be the adjustment in itself. So you don't need to sit there and like think, oh my gosh, do I have too much of this or too much of that? This doesn't, this is just going to create one area of the home that you've intentionally put all five elements in. And so in this project, I go through what, how you can do it. So, you know, what you need for this project. So it does take a little bit of work because you have to go through, you have to clear off your bookcase, but then you have to source and find things that really are meaningful to you. So, you know, you can do treasures, you can do photos, you can do books, you can do many different things that would fall into the categories of the five elements. And so in this, I break down all of the five elements. So for instance, wood, small potted plant, it could be a hanging plant, it could be a plant on top of the bookcase for fire. You could use the color like a red vase, candles, flameless candles, don't burn your bookcase down. And uh, you could use a salt lamp that lights up or a small lamp for earth. You could use natural crystals, stone, sculptures, or any kind of ceramics for metal, uh, metal orbs, or metal bowl, metal sculpture, or anything the color white as well, like a white plot. So if you're going to put a plant, put it in a white pot. And for water, you can use cut crystal, glass weights, but I like to just use dark blue or black frames and or like black file fold. It depends on what your purpose is. So using the color black. So at the end of the day, you're intentionally taking one specific area of your house and you're going to put all five elements in throughout it. And in the in my book, I have little drawings and little charts and all that stuff, which I'm not going to. Here, I'll show the YouTube. Well, you know, oh, yeah, let's see. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I knew you had a picture in that. You know, um, yeah. this actually would be great for because, like, Laura's gonna start doing some Instagram lives, I think. I'm nudging her on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram account, <laughs> and this would be great. Like, you could do one day just say, Here's my here's an example of wood, and then the next week you could do, Here's mm -hmm. an example of you know, go through the five elements. Yeah, you guys would, you guys would watch that, right? You want to see Laura. <laughs> I'm yeah, Angie's the queen of the Instagram lives. I'm just I'm I'm gonna be better about it. That's all about that. That's my intention is to be more uh put myself out there. There you go. Light that fire energy, the fire chief. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the one that's a little more involved, but there's some other projects that are creative and small. 
Yeah. Too, because I like you to start small, but then this is the one kind of that's more designy a little bit more. So for those of you that aren't into the designy, there's tons of other ones. Okay. So I shared one for mine. What about, why don't you talk a little bit about your book? Okay. And- well, you know, when you were talking, when you start talking about your book, I was reminded. So this is me walking down memory lane with Laura. So we knew each other. We were in different classes in the feng shui program. So we studied in the BTB master's feng shui program, which is a three-year program in New York that's now dissolved. And we were different years, but you know, I think I'd come back at a gra- as a graduate and had met Laura. I think we overlapped one year possibly. Yeah. And then our teacher, Rosalie, invited us to teach a class together for one the at like session. the summer yeah, session, the summer session for yeah. one of the classes a few years ago. Yeah. And so we went up to this retreat center in Austin, New York, and we taught this class and we had fun. And then I remember we were taking a break and we actually walked a labyrinth on yeah. the site. Yeah, I remember. And that. while we were walking the labyrinth, Laura was talking about her book. She asked me to read it and, and, I think at that time you asked me for if I would. I asked you for yeah. You're on the back. You're you're there. You are. Write a review. Yeah. Or write some words about it, and then we, you know, that's how our our friendship began. Walking, I I I attribute it to walking a labyrinth. You know, I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that we walked the labyrinth. I mean, I know we walked it, but I forgot. I always like think back. I'm like people like, oh, when did you guys start this idea? And I said, well, it was definitely in New York when we were in Austin. And we were doing that. And then I thought, but when we literally, I think when you and I literally said we should do something together and we should, te- it was on that path. It was on the labyrinth. Yeah. yeah. And if not, we could just decide to remember it. That no, way. I, on, I, I do, no, you're right. I do. It, it, it was, it, it actually was. Yeah. I, Cause I have a very clear memory. That's funny. Yeah. And you know, a labyrinth is different than a maze. A labyrinth is basically one path that you take and it goes in a spiral, and it, but there's a meandering to it, and it's purposeful, and it's a journey. And then actually, you, you take a journey and go to the center, but then you actually go back out the same way. So it's not like a maze. It's not about getting lost, but it, it's a contemplative path. So I think that's really mm-hmm. a great start to our relationship. And it's also very like artful, because to, a labyrinth is a sort of sacred geometry, and that's how ancient people started to create, you know, created spaces around them, right? Mm-hmm. The labyrinth is yeah. like an art piece of art. It's sacred geometry and it's a space that you move through. So it's all about what Laura and I love. And so, so anyway, I just had that. I just remembered that. So my story with my book is kind of interesting. It's similar in the sense that I thought, you know, I wanted to write a book, but I never thought I would, but I, I set, set up some goals for myself. I'm like, you know, I'm going to write this book. And I did, and I self-published it. And it was really quite difficult for me to do that because I'm not a writer. and uh, That's not like my greatest gift to the world, <laughs> writing words. And so I put this out there and I was very proud of it. And then after a couple of years, I was very surprised that a publisher reached out to me, Seiko. They reached out to me and they actually said, we love your book. We'd like to publish it. So so I partnered with them. They gave me a contract and my friend was my literary agent. And we put together this beautiful hardback edition of the book with beautiful photographs. And I wrote additional copy. And it was such a really delightful experience because I'm such a visual person. So having a library of photographs to work with and then bringing them together with what I wanted to share was really quite um 
it was really like fun and inspirational and I and I it gave me a lot more to write about so I was also like very surprised you know that someone wanted to publish my book but but I'm so very proud of it now and also one of my intentions for the book is that I really wanted to do something simple because I truly Mm -hmm. believe that you know even like with all my articles and the podcasts like I mean, we're not giving you, um, we're not teaching you feng shui, really. We're kind of giving you small things to do so you could start to make big shifts in your life. Mm-hmm. When you work as one of, if, when you're one of our students, like you dive deep and you learn the philosophy, you learn, you learn a lot more. And this is just scratching the surface. But, but I felt like there was a lot of feng shui books out there that were for practitioners and that went really deep. But what about the people who just need a couple of small things? They don't need to become a feng shui consultant, but they really want to make shifts in their space. So that's like my view on everything. I'm with my clients and not with my students, but with my clients, well, actually with everyone, I always really try to simplify and I find the best way to simplify that benefits them. So for someone who's going to pick up a book, my audience is for someone who doesn't necessarily want to be a feng shui expert, but they're attracted to it and they want to make small shifts in a digestible way that's not like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being simple. I always like the quote, it might be simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So just because something's simple doesn't mean it's simplistic and you know doesn't have power, basically. There's power in simplicity. Yeah. One of my teachers would say simple understands complex, but complex doesn't understand simple. Mm, That's a good one. So, you know, I don't specifically talk about creativity in my book because I think that is a loaded word, (laughs) but I do think that a lot of creativity for me sometimes in my life right now, it's connected to ligua actually. It connected to the fame and fire area because it's a, for me, it's about inspiration and passion and tapping into to my inspired side. And actually, in a way, I could see it's also for me connected to Dway, the children area, because there's also part of me for creativity. It's about me holding the child version of myself. So there is that connection there, like that there's the child Angie that was much more creative that Mm. somehow got, you know, so I became an adult and that part of me (laughs) got somehow like, you know, erased. So yeah, so lost. So that's about uncovering that. So that's how, you know, that's how creativity really is part of, can be in every Bogwa area. So I guess if I would to give one tip from my book that would help with creativity, let me see. I would do the activation for Ligua for, for the uh, Leah's fire. So let me see. So this is tip number eight. So my book is called Holistic Spaces, 108 Ways to Create a Mindful, Peaceful Home. And so I also have numbers. Mine's 108. <laughs> so tip number eight is about the fame and recognition area, the Bagua map. And I write that this recognition area, the map, the Bagua map is called Lee, and it's related to fame and passion, recognition, your reputation, and the season and energy of summer. It's also related to the color red, the number nine, triangular shapes, and the element of fire. Pay attention to this area. So I'm going to modify what I wrote for creativity. Pay attention to this area if you want to activate inspiration and creativity in your life. 
because lead position influences and improves your level of passion and how the world sees you and what you put out into the world. So it's a great area to activate if you're starting new creative endeavors that require inspiration. So if you want more inspiration and you want to light the creativity in your life, you can, or, or in your work or in your relationships, you can try placing a plant in the recognition area of your home. Or, and so, oh, so with the plant, it's plant is wood energy. So when you put a wood, a wood element in a fire position, it feeds that fire. And also, if you do a flowering plants, I think that would be even more effective. And then also one thing I might add too is maybe spend some time in the lead position of your home doing something creative, like whatever that means. Like I just recently signed up for Creative Bug and I'm doing like little color paint meditations and buying like watercolors, but doing something, whatever is creative for you, which could be singing, because Li Gua is also related to your to um, your heart. And we often talk like talk about this. And I think Professor talked about how you can activate Li by singing, by making your heart sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. that's, so that's my tip. I think that was good. Yeah. So I can't wait for Laura to do her Instagram live <laughs> and she can show everyone how to do the five element bookcase for creativity. All right. All right. That's what I'll do. And balance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's on. It's on. Okay. You guys <laughs> have to watch. To follow us at Mindful Design School on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.